You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more, so they can guide their readers into spiritual freedom while guiding their own families into financial freedom. I'm Nika Maples, and this is episode 102, Let Go of Your Manuals and Playbooks. If you enjoyed last week's episode about developing healthy relationships, you're going to enjoy this one too. I see so many writers entangled by their emotions regarding the relationships in their lives. It trips them up and keeps them from moving forward in their writing projects. But God is advancing the kingdom and transforming people in Jesus' name through Christian books. So we don't have time to get caught up in whatever is holding us back. This week, I'm playing a special teaching for you. In it, I offer practical reasons why you might be feeling disappointed in your relationships and what you can do about it as soon as today. Okay, welcome to the manual and the playbook. This lesson will literally be a game changer. You hear that phrase too often that things are game changers, but this for real is because in one lesson tonight, a lot of your relationships will change. Tonight, right here, right now, a lot of your relationships will change. So let's start with a warm up question. Describe a currently unsatisfying relationship in your life in one sentence. Put it in the Q&A. Just, you know, it can be vague, but just be one sentence. All right. So hopefully somewhere in Zoom, just chat, Q&A. I have no idea. You have written your warm-up question describing a currently unsatisfying relationship in your life in one sentence. It could be something as simple as my son's teacher gets on my nerves. Doesn't have to be so specific. At the end of this training, you will be able to identify times when a manual or a playbook is interfering with real connection. So what is the basic definition of a manual? And by that, I mean any manual. This is the standard definition of a manual. A book of instructions, especially for operating a machine or learning a subject. A handbook. Now, what what nouns stand out to you? I would have you put it in the chat, but we already know I can't see it. So what, what nouns stand out to you? If I were talking to my class, I would say instructions, well, book for one thing, instructions, op, and a machine, subject. All of these are very impersonal words, aren't they? Book, instructions, machine, subject. All of those things are very impersonal, but we are all the time using manuals in our personal lives. Let me show you how. In our relationships, this is Nika's definition of a manual. A manual tells the user 
what they have to do so that a machine will operate at peak performance. A manual tells the user what they have to do so that a machine will operate at peak performance. If you do not do these things, the machine's not gonna work right. So in relationships, a manual looks like this. When we silently or directly tell loved ones what they have to do in order for us to operate at peak performance. Sometimes we tell them outright directly. Sometimes we just expect them to know, but we're not gonna operate at peak performance unless they are doing what they are supposed to do. Remember the words, book, instructions, machine, all of those are very impersonal. And we're bringing in something that's impersonal into our relationships. We have hidden manuals. This is very, very common. I feel left out when I see on social that my friends have gone out without me. Don't they know that I love thrift shopping? They know they left me out on purpose. Okay, so since your friends know that you love thrift shopping, mini golf, that restaurant, whatever, since they know that about you, it is a hidden manual that they must they must follow the instructions in the book of you. They've got to follow the instructions in the book of you to get peak performance out of you. So if you've seen on social that they did such and such without you, the hidden operating instructions were, when you do that thing that is my favorite, you're supposed to invite me. Supposed to. See, a key word for a manual is supposed to or should, but really supposed to. Like of the examples I've given you, a a family is supposed to be together for Christmas, not go on separate little vacations. A, A friend is supposed to have you in their wedding. Your friends, when they do that specific thing, are supposed to invite you. That's when you know a manual is in play because you have operating instructions. And in order to get the best out of you, your friends and loved ones have to do these specific things, follow the instructions. Next, so what's the basic definition of a playbook? Okay, a playbook in real life is a book containing a sports team's strategies and plays, especially in American football. So the Nika version of this simplified definition is a playbook tells the player the move they have to make before another player can make theirs. So, you know, with football, they memorize these plays and the, the, you know, the quarterback has to go here and throw it to before the wide receiver can catch the ball and go here. And they, the people are blocking and there's just, everyone is supposed to do a specified thing for the play to work. They cannot get a touchdown unless everyone does the exact thing that they're supposed to do. And if someone is not there when they're supposed to be there, if they don't do exactly what was rehearsed and practiced, then the whole thing 
doesn't work. And so there is no victory. So the playbook in relationships, now it's similar to the manual, but look, this isn't just something that somebody should do. It's, it's waiting. So, okay, the difference between a playbook and a manual, let me read this definition. Playbook in relationships is when we silently or directly tell our loved ones the move they have to make before we can make ours. So with the manual, it's about operating instructions. It's your peak performance. Like I'm gonna sigh and pout and be ridiculous if you don't follow the instructions, but I'll smile and be happy and fun if you do follow the instructions because the smiling, happy, fun version of me is my peak performance. You're going to get like a really like squashed version of me if you don't follow. But playbook is not only about your peak performance. It's about what you do. I'll do this when this person does this and only when. this. I could go ahead and do this, but I'm not going to until they do this first because it's on them. Here's an example of a playbook. When you're in the middle of the silent treatment, he needs to speak first in order to break this awkward silence. And it's just going to stay awkward until he figures out that this is on him. I'd be totally willing to talk, but he's going to have to ask first. So that's a playbook. That's like waiting for him to move. You can't, the quarterback can't even throw the ball until the wide receiver is in the space. The spot. So you're like waiting for things to happen before it can move forward. Now, I don't want you to confuse that with boundaries because by now the world has heard a lot about boundaries and boundaries, boundaries are healthy and good. And that ha- it sounds a lot like if you do this, I'm going to do this. But that's about boundaries are about self-protection. They're not about manipulation. So this is, playbook is about manipulation. It's about forcing that friend or loved one at Christmas to give you a better gift. It is about forcing your loved one to speak first when you're in an awkward silence. It's about forcing the church to realize they need to turn down the music without you saying anything, without you just cross, with just crossing your arms in the lobby. Okay, so the problem with the manual in the playbook is that it's transactional. Things must happen in in order for you to be the best version of you, the you that you would show to Jesus if you were here, the you that he created you to be, the you that that is living according to your design. And this is how you really know it's in play. Because if you were talking to, you know, somebody who was really violating the hidden manual or not running the plays in the playbook. If Jesus walked in, you'd be like, oh, yeah, the whole thing would change. No wonder some of our relationships are not working. No wonder. We're not operating according to our peak performance. We're not running the right plays. There's no victory. And so let's talk about some solutions 
Jesus has written a manual and a playbook already, but here's the deal. It's for us, not them. The key is that the enemy is always going to create a counterfeit. He loves counterfeits. He's he's not going to make something that looks so wildly different than what Jesus says, because we would not go for it. But he likes a good counterfeit. He likes, have you ever been to Chinatown in New York? He likes a, a fake Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> That's what he loves. It looks like it's real until you get up close to it and you realize it was $10. And so the question is, are we falling for that? I mean, it's one thing to buy um, a, you know, a, a fake bag off of Canal Street if you know that's what you're doing. I've carried plenty of fake bags off Canal Street, but the problem is when you think you've got the real thing and all you've got is the $10 version. So Jesus would never have you carry operating instructions that somebody else had to follow. He always intended that the operating instructions would be for you to follow. And they've got their own operating. Everyone needs to follow the manual and the playbook that he gives to them, that he gives to us. We don't set them for each other. Our relationships will work if we start running Jesus's plays. Our relationships will work if we start following his instruction manual. Are you ready for this? We're going to read it. I'll be honest, if there's anything I could leave out of the Bible, <laughs> I'd be like, Jesus, for real, does this have to stay? Can we just, like, let's just pull. It, the, no one would miss this part. No one would miss it. We'll just yank it out. I, keep all the stuff about Noah. Keep Moses. Keep it all. I like the G, I like your miracles, but let's just, let's yank this one out. He says, no way. This is the most important part. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you only love, love those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. 
lend to them without expecting to be repaid, then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your father is compassionate. So let me ask you, was it ever even possible for your loved one to memorize your manual? I don't know how old you are, but I can tell you that mine by now is pretty thick. And if everyone had to memorize everyone's manual, how would we ever get anything done? And besides, my question is this, if you have a manual, are you a machine? Do you actually want someone to just follow the expectations in order to get a prescribed result? That's exactly like what I did with my washing machine last week. I read the manual and it said, when you get this error message, you need to do this here. And I, I followed it. And finally, the machine did what I wanted it to do. The error message went away and it functioned correctly, but there was no love at all in that transaction. And I want to propose to you that what we're saying when we give someone a manual is saying, if you do this, I will feel love. But we're creating for ourselves the opposite because that's just a fake Fendi bag. It's a counterfeit. It's not real love. Your, your beloved pe people in your life, your friends, could do exactly what you hope. And in the end, fulfilling a bunch of transactions might get you to operate at peak performance, just like my washing machine, but they wouldn't be feeling any love, not necessarily, and neither would you. It's all a sham and it's empty. The manual offers you and Emmanuel offers me nothing. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What Christ was willing to do for us, are we willing to do for others? John 15.13 says, greater love has no one than this that someone would lay down his life for his friends. What I'm asking of myself is also what I'm asking of you. Will we lay down our playbooks? Stop being that sideline coach that says, look, this is the way it's supposed to go. What if we laid it down and said, I'm just going to let you be who you are. You don't have to say something first. You don't have to do something to make me do it. How about you just be exactly who God designed you to be? 
and I'll be exactly who I God designed me to be. And I'll stop trying to make our conversations predictable. And I'll let you say whatever you want to say. And when you want to say it, it doesn't have to look exactly like I expect. What would life really be like without manuals and playbooks? Well, I believe the joy in our relationships would be up to us and not them. And I'm not talking about being fake. I'm talking about mentally doing the work to say, I'm going to act the way I would act to that person if Jesus were standing right here. So yeah, that person is still that person. I'm not being fake, but I am going to control my facial expressions and my tone of voice to give to them what I wish they had given to me all along the friendliness, the love, the, the, the joy. And because faces reflect one another, it's possible that if you concentrate more on behaving as you would behave to Jesus, because he is right there beside us, over time, that person, that sour person, may just reflect your face back to you. And they may smile or ask you a question about your personal life. You know, if they're never asking you anything, they're all about themselves. I wonder if you try with a fresh heart to ask them questions, if they might reflect that back and ask you. It's worth trying. Because if you put your manual and your playbook away, then what you're saying is, I'm going to stop requiring you to do certain things in order for me to be happy. I'm going to stop requiring you to say certain things in order for me to be happy. I'm going to stop requiring of you all of this spoken or unspoken. I'm going to stop requiring it of you in order for me to have joy. I'm putting the manual and the playbook away and I'm deciding I am joy because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And so I'm going to be joyful whether you ever do the right thing or not. I'm going to be joyful whether you ever say the right thing or not. I'm going to be joyful regardless of what has happened in the past or what may happen in the future. I will, I want my relationships to be joyful. And therefore, I'm going to make sure that I'm choosing joy. It's up to me. It's not up to you. I think that's called unconditional love. Because you see the manual and the playbook, that's nothing but a list of conditions. The condition is when you do this, I do this. The condition is if you behave this way, all of it is conditions. And unconditional love means I will love you even if you disappoint me. I will love you even if you hurt me. I will love you even if I'm left out. I will love you even if I've never felt wanted by you. I will love you. 
That's unconditional love. So tonight's assignment, I've done this. It was one of the most helpful things I've ever done. Please write a manual, physically write a manual for every significant person in your life. Now, this is going to be um, the kind of assignment you're not going to want to show anyone. I don't think it's helpful to that relationship. Let's say your husband or your mother. It is not helpful to your mother for you to say, oh my goodness, I, I wrote down all these things I've expected of you all this time. And look at it. <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> even if you're saying, I'm not expecting these things of you anymore, it's probably not helpful for you to start that conversation. And even with your husband, I would keep it simple if you wanted to say, hey, I realize I've been expecting a lot of things. I'm ready to just let you be you. And I'm going to love you for who you are. If you feel like you want to say that, but you don't even have to, you could just let your demeanor change. But I'm telling you, don't skip the process. Because if you, if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you during this, this lesson, you've already, he's, he's already been stirring up a lot of the things that you need to be thinking about. And it would be tempting to just be like, I don't, I don't have to write this down. I already have become aware of my manuals and I'm not even asking you to write down a playbook, but, but I would just get a spiral notebook or a marble notebook, some sheet of paper and put a mother and then your list. A mother is supposed to do this. Like my mother, my mother is supposed to do this. My mother is supposed to do that. My mother is supposed and get down to the nitty gritty. It could be basic. It could start basic. Like a mother is supposed to feed her children. <laughs> That's some basic, but you know, you may start getting into the nitty gritty. Like a mother is supposed to come to every single one of my children's baseball games. When she doesn't, I, I feel her absence. She's supposed to come to every single one. So you can get from the basic, if you want, to the nitty gritty. And I just, I like to set a timer and then just make the list. Um, a father, what is, what do you believe a father should do? Down to the nitty gritty. What do you believe a husband should do? Down to the nitty gritty. I'm serious. Do you believe that a husband should be writing a note to you and leaving a post-it note on your dashboard. That's what a, that's what a husband is supposed to do is write a post-it note because that's what my friend's husband did. And I, I want my husband to write a post-it note to me on my dashboard. Whatever it is that you feel like is part of your manual for your sister, for your brother, for your sister-in-law, for your brother-in-law, for your mother-in-law, write down that manual of what you thought your mother-in-law was supposed to do and your best friend, all your boss, write down what you think your boss is supposed to do. And I know there are some things that really a boss is supposed to do, but I'm talking about down to the nitty gritty. Like what are the hidden assumptions that you have had for all these people? And then pray about it. Ask the Lord what comes next. That's not for me to say. It's between you and the Lord. They're not telling you anything except giving you a, a little assignment. 
that will open the door to him in a new way. And so then it's up to the Holy Spirit and I'm letting him have his way with me and with you. And I encourage you to let him have his way because he can heal your, your relationships like that. He can heal your relationships like that. If you put your manuals and your playbooks down. And if you say, I'm going to catch myself every time. Nope. That's, that's a line from my manual. I'm not going to think that about her. I'm just going to love her. Nope. That's a playbook maneuver. I'm not going to require that of him. I'm just going to love him. You are a blessing to me. I hope that I've been a blessing to you. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Hey there. Have you been dreaming about working with someone like me for a one-on-one private coaching session? I can assure you that working with a private coach is one of the best decisions I've ever made. Any investment you make in your mental health brings a return. Any investment you make in your divine calling brings a return too. So stop asking yourself if you're worth an investment. You are. And God's assignment on your life is worth it too. In fact, you honor him by taking that step of faith toward the unknown. You don't even have to feel 100% sure of yourself in order to get started. All you need is just to be 10% sure of yourself. My job as your coach is to bring the other 90% of belief in you to each and every appointment. Let me carry the big weight as you get stronger. Your first step is to get started by scheduling a consultation call with me. We'll see if we would be a good fit to work together. I only do three consultation calls per week. So grab your appointment before my digital calendar hits the max and shuts off. Go to nikamaples.com forward slash coaching to book your call. Let's do this.